Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And today we have with us a returning guest, Christopher Vanell. Hey, everybody. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Very happy to be here. Happy to be back again. <laughs> That's good. Been looking at a lot of a lot of games have been coming in from Kickstarters and stuff and other things I've been back and I'm real excited. Hopefully this upcoming week I'm going to try to do a uh, you know this week or next week I'm going to try to review the Rebel Scum an anti-fascist space opera. Oh, nice! Up off of off of uh, the Kickstarter. It's yeah. got this polymorph system. I'm trying to figure it out. So hopefully that'll be uh, cool. That's great. You've been running something new from something you backed though too, haven't you? Yeah, actually, I've been. Uh, I started a game of Down We Go, which uh, recently successfully crowdfunded on GameFound.com, which is like an alternative website to Kickstarter. Okay. Uh, that focuses on uh, games of different types and stuff. Uh, they did over eighteen thousand dollars. I think they raised oh. for it, which was really good. Yeah, that's not bad. And the, the game is it's interesting. It's by Marcus Linderum. Uh, and then Tony Vicinda of Plus One EXP uh, came along and uh, he really loved what Marcus was doing with it and wanted to kind of expand on it. And, and, uh, and so they created this uh, Down We Go Infinite Edition crowdfunding campaign and got a lot of different people involved uh, as like stretch goals and stuff. So when I, when I found the project, I was like, you know, let me check out the rules. And, and they were very interesting. It's very rules light. You know, the rules fit on like about a, a page or so uh, for the, the general game mechanics. Um, I don't want to say that it's like a classless system, uh, but like your your role, you, you put points basically like levels into one of one of four different roles, like your, your basic roles, like fighter, wizard, rogue. Um, but they're called uh, bloodthirsty uh, for the, the fighter class. Uh, you've got. Uh, mystical for um, for wizards, holy for uh, clerics, and uh, sneaky for for rogue types. And you have two points to assign or two levels to assign at the start of the game. And you can put them both in the same thing, or you can divide them between two of the the options. And what that does is, for every level that you have in a class, you get one point to choose an ability, one of the six abilities that you get an auto success on once per level. So you can be like a fighter thief. You can be, you know, a, a thief wizard. Like you can mix up how you want to do it or just put two into to mystical and just be a wizard for the game. And so I decided, you know, it, it sounded interesting and I wanted to run it. And so I got a group together and we played Monday nights. And uh, so far we've played three sessions and it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, another feature of the game is that the the GM doesn't necessarily run like their own adventure, you know, like necessarily. Yeah. Um, you rely on the players to provide details. Uh, it's a feature built into the game called lore as loot. And so you, instead of like having like a rumor table that, you know, you write up beforehand that the, the players may like, you know, roll out to get a random result. You ask the players, well, what rumors have you heard? And the players provide details and then you incorporate those details into the adventure. Even if you've got a planned adventure to run, you incorporate those details into the adventure and uh, you just go from there. And it's, it's really interesting to, you know, have the, the player 
agency in that and the player engagement and the, the story development. So, um, so we've been running down, we go. And uh, is there anything like you want to know about the game that I've been running specifically or I've got, I've got a few questions now. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking that it was classless and like, how does, so it's not necessarily classless. You get those four core elements to it, it seems, and you can advance in your ability in either one, uh, one of those. So you, you yeah, can or pick all up- four. Like you can, you can, once you get more levels, you can, you can pick up one of each if you wanted to, it'd be a jack of all trades. How does the level advancement work exactly? I'm curious. So if I remember correctly, we haven't gotten there yet, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the, the end of an adventure, you level up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no like tracking of like experience. Uh, it's just a matter of you reach a milestone and you, and you level your characters. Okay. So it's kind of the DM's discretion. Then. Yeah. 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 And then you, you, when, when you level, you get another point to put in somewhere um when you get to uh, there's only six abilities per uh each of the roles uh as they're called and there's a seventh line that's blank so that when you attain seventh level uh the game encourages you to come up with a unique ability on your own that like you and the dm work out together that you can have as an ability to choose uh for your uh your role does it have your basic like like with D and D? You got your six attributes of strength, charisma. No, that? so that's so that's the thing. Like um, your your attributes are are really just the abilities that you have as a role. So, like um, you have these like elements like like by by choosing to be uh, holy, for example, you have uh, what's called. Um, uh, poise and confidence so you can use that and make a make a role like a, a role for your your holy uh role and utilize like your confidence in the in, in a scene uh for mysticals they have logic so that's like your intelligence you know like you can reason things out while you're you're in a scene to see if you know like forbidden knowledge about something when you see ruins in a dungeon or something. I'm assuming there's not like a lot of pre-written adventures just by the nature of the of the characters are the players are telling you kind of the rumors and directing it or is that Yeah, so what there are is in in Down We Go it comes with a couple of sample uh adventure type things to run that you build. Uh, and it's it's all based on roles. So, for example, you've got um, the tomb, and you start off by choosing adjectives to describe what the tomb is like, like you know, murky or uh, other other adjectives that that you can choose from, and uh, and then those adjectives will determine well what kind of monsters are in that dungeon, uh, and they have sample maps included in the Down We Go rule set. And, uh, you know, it's got other uh, other types, too, like a wizard's tower is in there. But in terms of like pre-written adventures, there's really not much yet for it. A lot of them were there's uh, adventures being designed as part of stretch goals for the crowdfunding campaign. And then uh, you can also utilize any adventure from like an old school you know, style in the game. And the game gives you instructions on how to adapt like monsters, like hit dice and stuff, uh, into Down We Go. And it makes it very easy to adapt creatures from other games and then run 
other adventures. So, for example, like uh, there's a there's a, a, a few actual plays on YouTube. Tony Vicinda of Plus One EXP on his channel had done one where he ran a science fiction version of Down We Go. Oh, cool! Using the adventure The Drain, which is a mothership module written by Ian Usum. And Mothership's one we really need to review on here. I got some mothership oh, yeah. stuff. It's amazing. Well, the uh, the Kickstarter for that, speaking of Kickstarters, uh, the Kickstarter for that goes live on November 2nd, I believe, for the uh, box set. Oh, I didn't know that was happening. I've got the, like, I, I want to call it a zine. I've got the mother. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> yep. They're updating it with a box set uh, and it's going live on November 2nd. You can find it online now and, you know, click to get notified about it. Um, oh my for when it when it gets right. yeah right, exactly. oh, <laughs> i think that that uh stars without numbers ending in the like today and i'm back in that so that's not oh, a yeah. cheap one it's like oh it's 80 bucks for that book but i want Oof. that only yeah. the one I, the world without number i'm gonna have to pass on that's too much like oh no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i need those i have to get that mothership one too that's nice yeah there's another one there's um uh just speaking of kickstarters uh, into the odd is, yeah that's uh, that i'm looking forward to that one i love everything oh league does i've been i haven't picked up into the odd yet i'm curious about it i i've been meaning to pick it up but when that kickstarter goes especially since it's getting printed out by by free league i'm not gonna lie yeah. I'm, I, they make such a wonderful they do a like, great they're, job they're artists those those yeah. guys know what they're doing when they're putting together books. they're beautiful <laughs> yeah beautiful and it's exciting they're doing into the odd that's a good pairing, I feel. I'm excited to see what comes of that. Um, with the going back though to down we go, I'm curious. Like, so what, if we're playing and we get into your typical combat scenario, you know, I'm gonna go fight some orcs or dwarves. Not dwarves. Uh, yeah, you can fight some dwarves. <laughs> you can fight some whatever, some monsters or baddies. Yeah. How does that go? Like, what's the combat mechanics like? Like, how would that work? Like, for sure. going, take us from like initiative to making a strike or whatever it has in place of those things. Could you yeah, so it? absolutely. So so all, all the rolls are player rolls. So they roll the attacks and they roll to defend uh, from attacks. Uh, initiative is a, a simple D6 roll. One to three, you, uh, you lose. Four to six, you win. Um, and then actual combat is you make a bloodthirsty roll. So uh, this is where like, you utilize the other roles in the game. And, and the fact that they're called roles gets a little confusing when you're talking about dice and stuff, but like the character types, the, the archetypes that, that you choose from one of those four that I mentioned, if you didn't pick bloodthirsty to be skilled in, that's okay. It's just when you're doing combat, you're making a bloodthirsty role and you have to typically be a, a difficulty modifier based on the monster's hit dice. Okay. So a two hit die monster in a standard game is you add 10 to it and it's a 12 difficulty and down we go. And you just roll a, 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 a D20 to hit it? Yeah. Is that okay? Roll a D20 and then you add your bloodthirsty level to the roll. Okay. So if, you're, if you're level two, you would add two to that roll. Uh, but if you don't, if you didn't take bloodthirsty, you're not adding anything to the roll. It's just a straight D20 roll. Uh, a typical uh, difficulty modifier is 15 in the game. That's like pretty standard for like any sort of like attempt to do a skill or something. Yeah. Uh, but in combat, it's based on the hit die of the monster that you're fighting. And that's where, you know, it's difficulty number 
is uh, just typically a hit dice uh, plus 10. Uh, so you could just take anything from a regular monster manual and use the hit dice essentially as the armor class is what it sounds Correct. like you'd be doing. Yep. That's pretty cool. And it's, I like, I always like a game where I can just grab, I've got these bookshelves full of old monster manuals from ages past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tons of games. And I'd love to be able to pull out like some of those old monster manuals and still use them in current games. And that's, that's a cool thing. I like finding something where I can still use that. Like, okay, there's the monster and you only need this stat here. It makes it much easier. Now with like damage and hit dice, hit points, um, is that traditional just rolling hit points or getting a hit die per level for your character or how does, how does no, all that so, work? So, um, so you track hits instead of like hit points. Okay. And depending on what, what role you've chosen that you have a level in determines how many hits you start the game with. So mystical characters have the least amount. They start with two hits, but a bloodthirsty character has the most. I think it starts with five. But if you choose, like if you put a level in mystical and a level in uh, bloodthirsty, you pick the higher of the, uh, the two. Okay, so, so you can be a magic user or a cleric or a thief, and you can still have the fighter hit points. Is what Correct. Oh, yep. that's pretty cool. And that, and I'm assuming that, does that go up with every level as well? Like each level you get the same amount or? So uh, if I remember correctly, it's you gain one more hit with every third ability that you get. So like okay. each, each level is, is equal to one ability. So when you're third level, you'd get one more Hit point. One okay. more hit. That doesn't sound too complicated. I, I'm I'm interested in the game. It, I, it, my problem is that I've got so much, so much I want to play. Yeah. So much that I want to get to, and so much is interesting. Like we just we just uh, reviewed. Actually, it hit this morning. We record a few days out. It uh, the episode for this morning we reviewed. Karen, have you seen Karen? Oh, I just finished reading Karen. Ah. I, uh, I <laughs> yeah. love I love Karen. I've been talking with uh, Karen's writer, uh, uh, Yohai uh, uh, Gal, and because um, I'm designing my own game, actually. And uh, I've been talking with them and getting their, their input because I love what they did with Karen, uh, which itself is based on Into the Odd uh, and Maeve. Uh, by Ben Milton. So yeah, we just reviewed that this morning, or that's the episode oh, we nice. this morning, and uh, I got into it. Well, one of my things with some of these is, I think I'm I'm having a uh, well. The biggest thing is that I don't have enough time to play them all. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's like trying to get to them. I can't review them all even. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, right. oh boy, I have another one I gotta pick up. Like that costs a few bucks. I, I have a limited fun so i've been picking up stuff left and right but i can't pick up everything at once that's one of the reasons yeah. i wanted you to come on because i was interested in this and i didn't manage to get have the i just didn't have the funds to back it when it came to it i had my money no that's understandable days. yeah and and i was curious to hear more and i definitely wanted to have a segment on it because it seemed like an interesting game um the thing that i had when i was reviewing karen and looking at it I think that I'm not gonna say it's the negative, but the question I have for myself is I can see how you could do a full campaign with this game. I can yeah. see it, but I've also got these like old ways I'm stuck in where I'm used to playing a D and D and these other games where I have all these books and I'm buying more books for more things and spells right, and right. campaigns and stuff. And like, that seems to be my campaigns tend to center around how many books that I have involved with it. 
this goes the total opposite direction, which I think is great because you don't have to spend a lot of money to keep on doing it. But I don't know if I do a longer campaign with one of these more minimal systems. I, I, I need right. to, I, I, I think I need to try it out, but having limited time now, it's not happening soon. <laughs> right. No, of course. So I think that's my biggest uh, hold up there. I'd like to run one of them because uh, there's a lot of good ones. Karen is interesting. Uh, I need, I'm going to try to pick up down. We go as, as soon as it's, I'm assuming it's going to be out there able to purchase on exalted funeral or something like that in the near future. I'm hoping. Yeah, I think, I think you can get the base game now, you know, as digital, uh, on each, yes. uh, .io. And, um, you know, that's, I think that's like the first version, uh, that sort of launched this, this crowdfunding campaign, the actual book itself will be out. Uh, I don't, I don't I'm not sure even when the, the campaign promised to have the book ready, yeah. I'm assuming by next year, but I'm in no rush for it. You know, I've, I've got the beta rules and there's a lot of stuff that, that is like, not a lot of stuff, but there's some things that are missing, uh, that will be in the final book from my conversations with Marcus and Tony, things like there's no starting equipment outlined specifically. Yeah. So me and my players, we came up with our own rules for how to handle getting starting equipment, but I'm told that that will be, you know, in the final book, they'll have actual, you know, rules for how to get starting equipment. I had this, uh, I was, I was about to run a one shot recently and mm. I was trying to think of a way to speed up starting equipment and everything else, just character creation. So we could roll up characters and get on with it. And my starting equipment solution was, and I'll put this out there to see, I don't know what you do with starting equipment is that everybody just gets a slot of five items in their sack or whatever. Yeah. And We'll figure that out when we go. If it's reasonable and like, oh, well, I have this. That's one of your five slots of things oh, that you have cool. as starting equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you don't have to sit here and look through the book and pull it out. Like when it comes to it, what do you think that is that you got? And you got yeah. five slots to play with and everything else you got to have to pick up along the way. That way, yeah. when you need the, the iron spike or the 10 foot pole or whatever it is, you've got that. But you got there is that limit that you only only do this five times now. So right, no, that's cool. I like that a lot. I I, I, I may have read that somewhere. I'm not sure. I it's I I was trying to just come up with ways to speed this one shot up without having yeah. to. Because my problem always was like you got character creation either doing pre gens when you're doing something that's short and one shots and stuff like that that I do from time to time, or you can just make yeah. the streamline character creation. That's that's a big thing for me. Like we're running riffs right now. And that was not streamlined character creation. It was a nightmare. No, yeah, no. That's, that's one of those games. That's extremely intimidating. Yeah. I've um, played it for decades and I knew I brought a lot of people in on this. Like this might not be the best, best system for this many people, but I said, we're running riffs and we're going with it. We have right. a lot of people. <laughs> We got a pretty big group for it, probably bigger than I should, but we've also yeah. I've also been streamlining a lot of the rules too. Yeah. And that helps. Uh, and I I like minimal minimalist streamlined rule sets and things like that. I gravitate to things that are quick and easy. That's one thing I'm that interests me about down we go. Into the odd, I've read about I've not I've, like I said, I've not picked it up yet. It's one of those I have to get this and check it out. The other thing is um, powered by the apocalypse stuff. I've only got like Dungeon World and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. have not really delved into the book or read through them. I know very little about it. I know a few basics, but I, I need to get more into some of that and, and kind of figure out some of those systems too, to see what I can pull from and all. I find myself, I'm interested in a variety because there is so much variety yeah. to the powered by the apocalypse like line, like the, what third party people are doing with that. I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by um, yeah, there's so much that like from superheroes to the apocalypse itself to fantasy, science fiction, space opera, like there's all sorts of genres that people have made games lesbians. for. Yeah, exactly. That's the like, one that's, I need. That's the one I'm probably going to try to pick up first at the game store when I pick it up because everybody's yeah. going on about the thirsty sword lesbians. That's yeah. the one I'm going to try to get. <laughs> I just, um, for some reason though, when I've sat down to like, to, to like read the rules, I get caught up on like little things like um, like the fact that it's like it, it'll have like names for you to choose. And it's like, you know, pick one of these names and it doesn't give you the option for more than that. And I know you can do whatever you want, but it's like yeah. that it's so like hardlined into like like trying to speed up the process so much. But it only gives you these like set little things. I find it like it was just it was aggravating when I was trying to read it. And I was like, you know what? I just don't have time for, for this. And I moved on to something else. that was like even easier. That didn't have like lockdown things like that. Yeah. You know, and the moves thing, like uh, the idea that when you play a game, you choose a move and you describe how you're using it. And then, you know, I, it was weird for me at the time because now I'm getting into games that are like, like down we go has the GM not making roles. Powered by the apocalypse was all player roles. And I was like, yeah. I was confused when I was reading the books back then, but now I'm more open to it. Now I'm, I'm more interested in, in what it can do. So there's a game called uh, Velvet Glove, uh, which is like uh, 70s gangs, like female gangs in the 70s. Yeah. And like, it's kind of like, like the Warriors, you know, or like Switchblade yeah. Sisters like movies, but like. <laughs> yeah, um, I know those movies well. Yeah, so. So it's, it's like you play that, and I think that sounds like really cool to me, and I really want to check that out. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I, I, the idea that just the players are making the roles, I've seen, I'm finding a lot more games like that, and I guess that did come from the Powered by the Apocalypse type stuff, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I remember anything prior to that doing anything like that. Not that I know of, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think back into the 90s if there was any games like that that I, I can't recall any. But it's an interesting approach. It's new to me. And I, there's a lot of like a lot of that popping up in like what I would say people are calling OSR type games. But a lot of those games aren't old school. What I, what I think the trend is, is where people are going back to the core ideas and kind of getting away from what is now. And they're kind of going back to basics and creating innovative games based on core concepts and kind of doing new, more innovative things yeah. by kind of taking your step. It's like a drawing. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an illustrator. I worked as an illustrator for years and, and a fine artist. And uh, I will just occasionally go back and do some of the basic exercises you learn in school. Just the, your basics like, you know, okay, I'm going to do just like shading cylinders and spheres and triangles you know and go back and do some of those basic exercises and stuff do the upside down picasso and all here and there when you go back yeah. to those core you're able to kind of come out with something different and new and you're able to improve and i see kind of that going on in like more of an independent area 
of uh, game design. People are bringing their great ideas that they have for games and revolutionizing things, making totally different things that we never had before. And I like that. I think that's cool. So I'm really into old school gaming stuff, but at the same time, I like new things. And I, I don't think, I, I don't think it's a matter of I'm stuck in these old games while i like them i appreciate that i have a lot more content to keep on playing with old D systems at the same time more innovative creative things come out of that instead of having to follow the trajectory that people like paizo and stuff have kind of taken with the game if that yeah. makes sense oh no that's absolutely a paizo is a, a great example fourth edition came out and yes. and paizo focused on doing their rendition of 3.5 uh, the improvement in a different direction, you know, the yes. 3.75, as people called it. And it was very successful for them. Uh, and I think now they're at a point where they need to get more innovative. Yeah. You know, because D&D is back on top again. Yeah. I don't think Hasbro is very innovative now. Paizo or Hasbro. No. Some of the major no, ones aren't. Especially when it comes to design, like, like actual um, visual design and art and stuff there's so much great art happening so much more modern styled stuff in other places from people that are independent i would i think that some of those companies like paizo and hasbro probably should look at updating what they're doing because it feels kind of like they're still at a place in early 2000s with a lot of that design and art and people have gone yeah. in other directions yeah what's what's cool is that one uh, Wizards of the Coast hired Dyson Logos uh, to uh, to do cartography. Oh, really? Um, so that's really good. He's been doing a, a number of books for them. Um, so they, the maps, at least, have like this old school kind of feel mm-hmm. uh, to them because of, of Dyson's work is just, I mean, that's what he's known for. Yeah. And uh, so that's good to see that. And then I have artist friends like um, Justine Jones, who was hired recently to do art but it turns out she was doing art for the Magic the Gathering Forgotten Realms card set. Ah, so there yeah. were some like like old school That's style cool. art in there, which was nice. Um, it was different for Wizards of the Coast to do. Uh, but I do agree that I think that they need to take more chances and be a little bit more edgy especially with like their their art direction like it's very uniform and that's that's what their policy is is to have a very uniform look to the art uh for their books but they can get a little experimental yeah even with the uniform just not even just the illustrations the design and layouts of the books i'm not i like doing the still doing the water like they got this uh what is it called a water like the background of every single book has to have this full colored thing going on. This very oh, yeah. 2000. And it yeah, feels yeah. like, like, well, we were doing that 20 years ago. And then you see something like uh, what forbidden lands and old school essentials and other people are putting out there well, they're using full color, but they're not throwing all these like kind of Photoshop backgrounds in the background of it. Like yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. got right. Photoshop. Now we can all throw a Photoshop picture behind there and in design. Let's right. do something a little more creative with the layout right. itself. Absolutely. People are doing great stuff. And I think that the bigger companies haven't caught on to any of that yet. Well, no. That's just a kind of a side rant. There. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But that's, that's why like, it's great to see like 
Kickstarters like Into the Odd was this very tiny game, and now it's you know picked up and being put out by Free League. And they do um, amazing in a deluxe design. edition. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, you know that Mothership came out, you know, won a couple of Ennies, and is now coming out with this big box set. That's another one that it's like it's it's the small companies are really improving and building on their quality. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right; the other the larger companies are just kind of staying stagnant. Free League, I don't think, is that small of a company. Globally. Not anymore. Yeah, they're no, pretty big right not. now. They're 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 up there. <laughs> but Chris Chris McDowell, who created Into the Odd, that his company is a, yeah. a small company, and that's where for it to get partnered with Free League is that's a good. wonderful move. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited about that. Well, that's about all we have time for today. We're already up on time. Can you believe that? That's crazy. <laughs> it goes by quick. Uh, Chris. Will, will you uh, go ahead and give the audience a quick overview of where they can find you online and, and, and all that stuff? Yeah. So uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram as at Chris Minnell. My last name is M-E-N-N-E-L-L. -L. Uh, I'm the secret DM uh, at uh, thesecretdm.com. And I also have a Down We Go blog uh, for my actual play uh, experience called lostinadungeon.com. And uh, you can find us at wobbliesandwizards.com. Search us Wobblies and Wizards on Facebook. If you've enjoyed this, you know, share it, give it a positive review and keep those dice rolling. <laughs>